my dotlings. I am here with Tracy Van. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Let us know why people should talk to you. Okay, Dottie, thanks. Um, I am a psychic medium. I read tarot cards and I'm also a paranormal investigator. Um, you call me up for a reading. We could do a reading, uh, mediumship, uh, you got stuff going on in your house. We can talk about what's going on in your house. You know, there's a lot of overlap in our business model because I definitely, I have done a few house cleansings, but I've never gone on a proper, we'll say proper ghost investigation. I usually roll in. I'm like, okay, let's just start talking. But like, tell me a little bit about some of the investigations you've done. Well, investigations, talking about these, I'm going to talk about like um, turning the psychic part off, turning that off, the mediumship, and just just using the equipment and just seeing what's there without you like know tapping in. Yeah, you can you can like not tap in. You still it still kind of happens, but you know what I mean. You can dim it down a little bit and. Um, and, and even as a psychic medium, I've been called them too many times to want to do that. We always look to like debunk first because a lot of times it could just be like raccoons in the attic, things of that nature, you know, so you do always like, don't, you don't jump right in and say, yes, this is haunted. Yes. You got all this going on. You know, you, you do try to debunk first. Um, but a lot of times there, there are things there that you can't explain. And um, I've been to my favorite place to go and the place I get major stuff every single time I go is Moundsville Prison. Oh my God. Okay, so I've done a couple of events there. I've never done, like, I walked into the prison once and walked right back out. That place gives me the genuine heebie-jeebies. And I don't scare easy. Like, I used to be a long-term care nurse on night shift. Like, it takes more than a simple disembodied voice or a shadow person to rattle me. Like, but, like, Moundsville, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to go in there alone. Mm -mm. That place has a lot going on. And there's places you can, there's places, like, I've seen, when, I usually go to places several times because you always get different stuff or you get nothing like it's a long it's not like on the tv shows where it's edited so you see things quicker you can go and a whole eight hour shift and not a thing you know right. hours and hours and hours of film and voice recordings and things like that and you'll just get like one little blip of an orb or something right but, uh, let me tell you moundsville it, it's just always, always popping every time I've been there. Um, it, it, it's, it's, well, I mean, it was a prison. It was a very rough prison. It was very, so there is going to be a lot of. It was a very inhumane prison too. Yeah. I don't want to say, I don't, I can't get the word. I don't want to say like dark energy. I mean, it's not like demonic malevolent stuff like that but you figure you know spirits their personalities are the same in death as they were when they were living right so if they were hardcore criminal killers 
when they were alive, they're not going to be, you know, sweet little sugar yeah. pots in spirit. You know what I mean? That, that personality carries over. That's one of the reasons I want to do the Transallegheny Lunatic Asylum because I got a I got to do a, like a tour there. It was like a ghost slash historical tour, and uh, it was awesome. Like, and I did I got a lot of really cool vibes in there. Like some of them were just like, like, "Hi, how you doing? You got any cigarettes?" Yeah, they love they love cigarettes at Moundsville too. Um, Something they were denied. Yeah, I never been to Trans Allegheny. That's one I'd like to go to. I like for the longest time. I, I keep talking to friends about it, but I've never, I've never set down any real plans. It's one of those things that someday in the vague and distant future, I want to do like one of the overnights where you can get like if you can get ten people together and you're willing to drop the money. I think it's like a hundred dollars per person and two hundred dollars for the insurance. I'm like, okay, you know what? That would probably like catapult my channel but i gotta save up the scratch like that's something i can't just you know dip into the e-funds to do right uh, that would be great for us as a group to do i would love to do that i would love to take like a small group like i'm thinking like no more than like 15 or 20 people like people i trusted not to show their ass because they would be under my flag and i would have a problem if somebody you know got in there and started provoking which is something we were talking about before the show like right just, just don't like <laughs> when you walk up into somebody's house and start calling them names i'm like yeah you're gonna get a reaction and uh you're gonna get a reaction out of me <laughs> and like we just said these spirit the spirits their personality is the same they were alive once even though they're not now they're still people <laughs> does that make sense what i'm saying like they're still like yeah. you said you you wouldn't want me walking into your house cussing you out what makes the difference when you're in spirit you still don't want someone cussing you out or you know what i mean or saying yeah. rude things or whatever you do to provoke like i'm not a fan i've never worked with anyone that was down with that kind of stuff I wouldn't, I would not intentionally work with, uh, I mean, we're going to keep the names out of it, but we've all seen the shows. We've all seen the shows where they go in and they're like, and I think they do it more for the show because they have to have put something on camera. Yeah. You need the entertainment, I guess you need the, um, you know, the TV Hollywood flair and that's too, like what you see on movies and, and it's, it's not like that. Yeah, no. it's not like that at all. It's you know, I'm. I mean, I have th seen things get moved. Moundsville was one. Watched a water bottle just get, psh, like, like it, like if you took your hand and smacked it off the stand and it went. I mean, I I have seen stuff like that, but it still wasn't. I mean, sure, we all jumped. But it still wasn't like that thing yeah. going at your head and stuff. But that 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 was a hell of a that took a whole hell of a lot of energy to knock out water bottle like that. I've seen a lot of, I've heard a lot of like doors close. Um so 
not dropping any names again because, well, we've got a reputation to protect, protect around here, believe it or not. This is the line I won't cross. I'll say you're going to cuss on camera, but I'm not naming names. Anyway, so the nursing home I worked at uh, was having some trouble. It had developed a poor reputation at some point. And um, so we had a lot of empty rooms. And I tell you what, walking by those empty rooms was one of the weirdest feelings. And I, I, I've been to Moundsville and I've been to the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic. I've been to Gettysburg, which one of our uh, commenters said something about. Um, yeah. And I tell you what, I have never felt energy in a place that was closed and had been quiet as I had in an active nursing home in a hospital. Of course, they're not going to let you go in there with cameras because they've got people, you know, having active issues. But I tell you what, like, even today, like, and I, I've done a few house cleansings where things were a little off the hizzy. <laughs> Get a little bit crazy up in there, but never like, uh, I think one of the, the, one of the things that still sticks out in my mind, one of the things I'm still like, okay, well that happened. And there were witnesses was the disembodied knocking, like, it, cause it kept going. It wasn't just, it was like one, two, three, and then took a break and like, nobody answered the door <laughs> and then it knocked again. And it was like the storage area. It wasn't even like. It wasn't a client's room or anything like that. And I don't know what just dinged. That was my phone. I have it on silent and I don't know why it did that. <laughs> One of those things I always forget. I just hope I don't get a call. Yeah, I turned it down. I don't know. Me and technology is a whole nother show in itself. Right. I think that's with every psychic. Either You're either a tech mage or they don't work right. My electronics end up inevitably semi-possessed. I don't know if it's me or just the energy I draw. My shit, it either just doesn't work or it malfunctions in ways people say like, no, that can't happen. That's not happening. I'm like, yeah, it is. Or, you know, it just does what it wants. So we got a question from uh, one of the viewers. Yes, actually, the nursing homes, I'm telling you what, I'll never forget one of the, this happened to a CNA. Like we always heard, like you'd like hear things like people whispering and you walk in and there'd be nobody there a lot. Or, um, especially the dementia patients would be talking to somebody that you couldn't see and they'd be like, they were right there, but they're gone now. It's like, uh, okay. But I'll never forget one of the CNAs, uh, came up to the nursing desk and was like, I don't know what just happened. I was in so-and-so's room. And then I heard somebody say, I'm right here. And she said it was like, it was whispery, but it was loud. Like it was more than enough to hear. Mm -hmm. And that happened. Like I said, we got so many, like, <sighs> there was so much crap that went on that when the stuff that normally happened so a lot of the older CNAs were like, I just don't even pay attention anymore. Like, they were jaded about the supernatural. Like, we watch people, I mean, people go to the nursing home a lot of times not to get better. They go there to kind of close out the final chapter of their life. And so there's always that, the, the veil is thinner there in general. 
I agree. I was just going to ask you, what do, what do you think on this? Because this is my thoughts on it. Because because they're close to their to to their end. Like I think like their their ancestors and their guides and things start coming in because they're getting close to that transition. Okay, so that makes that veil thin and you got a lot going on. I think here's the thing, like I don't think it's so much that the veil is so much thinner in our day-to-day -day life as it is that we are distracted. Like you I mean, and honestly, it's a big event, you know, your family gets around on both sides. Especially here in West Virginia. I don't know about so much in every other place, but like there is, you know, a tradition of a death watch. The family comes in, you bring them snacks, everybody sits around crying, talk, telling good stories. And that's not just happening on this side. And it's happening on the other side. It's a common tradition a lot of, across a lot of cultures for your family to be around. And like, especially when you're making that, actually it was one of the signs of death. It was, it was, um, people would start talking to loved ones that had been gone for a long time. And then people, I tell you what, the one of the craziest things that I watched, one of the things that genuinely altered my perspective on how death and dying works was watching people wait to die. Like up, you can, like they could wait up to two weeks sometimes. Uh, the, the record, the longest time I saw somebody wait, he, he knew he was dying and he nearly tanked one night on us. But then his daughter came in and would not leave his side. She wanted to be there. Swear to God, the first time she finally just like left and there was nobody there waiting for her. He, that was his Ooh. time. That was his time. He said he just wanted to exit alone. He didn't want to do it in front of her. So many do. So many do. My grandfather did it the same way. My mother, uh, we sat with her for two days while she was you know dying while she was actively dying and she was like pretty much with it the whole time um she got a little loopy but you know they had her on you know dilaudid and which can you know make you see stuff mm -hmm. and she was going into kidney failure and we were glad it only lasted two days but she's like just go home get out of here she kicked us all out of the room the moment she kicked us out of a room, she went from a steady heart rate, like, you know, a normal heart rate down into the thirties. Like from the time I stepped out the door to the nurse's station and told them that she just wanted a minute alone. I'm like, cause we knew it was going to happen. It didn't take 30 minutes. She was gone and probably I'd say within five minutes of us leaving the floor. Like we went down and got lunch. And by the time we got back, she had already left. Yep. That's very common. That's like my grandfather, my dad was there, his one sister, two of his other, but there was four or five of them there, all the siblings. And they were with him like all morning going into the afternoon. Doctor stepped into the room and just called him out. I just want to speak to you for a minute about whatever. My dad said literally no more than five minutes. They spoke with the doctor out in the hall. They all went back in. He was gone. 
Just you know, and a lot of times you want them in the room. Right. I'll tell you another thing that I think pain often will hold people where they are. Uh, because like we would give people morphine when they were dying. Like, you know, what are they going to do? Get hooked? They are, you know, everything's shutting down. We're just waiting mm -hmm. for the last minute. They're in pain. So we'd give them morphine and like one or two doses in, which honestly is not much more effective than an aspirin. Like the, the doses we were giving them, it was just enough to like maybe take off the edge. Right. But it was almost like that dose was more for the people who had to watch than it was for the people who were getting it. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It wasn't, it wasn't a standard dose. It was way less than a standard dose, but like the, that would kick in and they would be gone because they were able to finally like let go. Um, got another interesting question. So how do you think they are able to hold off their death until they're comfortable? Honestly, um, you know, I wish I had addressed this in the death videos I did. I've done two death videos. I'm going to do a third that is going to be grief and it comes out when it comes out because it is a lot of emotional work. But uh, with the waiting I think death is very patient. I almost think that death itself has a persona because so many things would go crazy when, when we were getting ready to lose somebody. Uh, but I don't understand necessarily the mechanics. I really, really don't. But I do know that people would wait for like estranged family would come in. They would wait for family to leave all these sort of things. And it was just down to the minute. And I think it has to do with, I think it has to do with finally, partially, I know it has to do with relaxing enough to, you know, let go. Cause your body is still going, is still fighting to live. So when these people could relax enough, then they were able to stop like yes it's coming and it's scary and so that adrenaline would would literally keep them alive would it literally keep them going and like you know they would feel like they're they were falling it, it was it was hard to watch somebody who was really genuinely fight it like a oh, dude you've stopped peeing you've stopped eating why why are you fighting this and i think like, as they're they're afraid right they don't understand what's on the other side and they're afraid. I think that's a lot of the ones that just won't go. And uh, yeah. The ones that fought the hardest were the hardest to watch. Like, like he's fighting it so hard and it's hard to watch because you know it's going to happen. Like, dude, your number's up. It's too late to fix whatever you think is wrong. Make peace. And you do, and they do, and it's okay. I think a lot of that too, like how you can kind of pick your time, like to wait till everybody's out the room. I think the higher ups on the other side kind of give you that too. Like it's time to go, but they say like, we'll give you that control of how you want to. Right. You know, transition in a right. way. Like, I think you kind of have that. Here's your time block. I'll be right. here. 
I'll be available. Death is like, I'll be available between this hour and this hour. <laughs> I think so. It's like, okay, you know, we'll let you, you know, figure out how you want to make this exit, but you are making this exit. Uh, you know what? And I think that like, because <sighs> my brother died pretty untimely. He was only 25, got in a car wreck like that and my mother had had visions of that pretty much happening she thought it was her that was dying in the car which i guess in a way kind of when you lose a child it is but she had the dreams when she was pregnant with him and like a month leading up to when it happened and like that was one of the creepiest months of my life um in fact, I think one of the last pictures of him are with him and us at Christmas. Like, it's one of the last few pictures, I think. And he had a feeling, like, he's, like, he like started feeling weird in, like, September, and he died in January. January 10th, actually. It was very weird timing, because it was literally, like, a year to the day after I'd left my ex. And, um, I saw, like, a lot of dead owls on the highway. Oh, owls. I've never seen another roadkill owl since. I'd never seen a roadkill owl before that. But that whole month, I, I've actually, I held on to, I picked one up. I'm not weirdo. I, I just, I'm, I'm just freaking because you said owls. Like I've never seen roadkill owls, but I have a thing with owls. And when someone close. Owls in the they, daylight, man. Yeah. Um, Owls in the daylight, Putin. That's my thing. I hear one of them. Um, damn it. One time uh, we had an owl stop in the road. Like it was like sitting in the road. We're coming up in a car. We're, I mean, the lights are on. We're moving pretty fast. This owl had plenty of time to get up and move. And I stopped. I had to literally stop the car to hit from, to stop, to not hit this owl. And it looked at me and then flew off. And it was within a week that we lost a cat. Mm. Um, my it, it's such a thing that my dad told me he's like I got I get bad omens from owls. Uh, my yeah, dad told I, me I get bad omens from owls. Yep, owls at night, like and normally seeing owls, no big deal. But if it's during the day and it's hooting, like I said, I'm just like, damn it. When my mom died, um, I don't think she was in the hospital yet, but she'd already been diagnosed. And I kind of knew she wasn't good. We, mom was a nurse. I was a nurse. We knew by the diagnosis that her time was limited. But like a week or like a week, a few days, maybe even before she went into the hospital for that last, you know, the last spiral, as it were. Um, I saw an owl hanging out and actually like my buddy was like do you see that owl it's really weird it's awful early for them to be out and like that's awful early. yeah you're like, eh. I'm like damn it i'm like please. damn it that's what i do damn it right i'm like you know we had hoped for treatment we had hoped that it wasn't this or that but like i think mom knew the moment she got the first diagnosis she's like yeah this isn't i'm not gonna serve she told me I'm not going to survive this. I'm like bound to die of something. Nobody gets out of life of lives is what she said. Like on her deathbed. I'm like, that was intense, mom. That was intense. But she was, she was real with it. Right. Yeah. 
That's the best way to be, I think. I tell you what, it's a moment in life when you're giving your own mother a pep talk to go ahead and die. Like, <laughs> I'm glad I was there to do it. I'm glad I was there to, to keep her company and help her to not be afraid. But damn, <laughs> like that's a moment that's going to stick with me the rest of my life. For sure. For sure. And it's hard, but I agree. Sometimes you, you do have to tell people that it's okay and they can go. Right. She wanted to know that I was going to be okay. And I promised yeah. her I would be. And that's something I've stuck to. I'm going to smoke on camera. Ignore me. <laughs> now, let's get back to, let's get back to the paranormal investigation well, because I've got enough mental way. health crap. How the hell? <laughs> you know, we do not stick to the light stuff on this channel we delve deep we try like, we try i mean how does this stuff i mean it, you can be a little light with it but really like how do you well i mean it's a pervasive part of life if you've got a pulse eventually you're gonna not have a pulse yeah and this is what we do we do paranormal investigations because we're looking for dead people um mediumship we talk to dead people so do you, you ever know. like help what release you? people when you go on the paranormal investigations like okay buddy here's the door what's that i'm sorry i mean i can't be the only one that helps spirits cross no um so yeah you just sometimes one not too long ago uh I did a reading for a lady. Um, her husband just passed. It was unexpected kind of thing. And uh, she's like, well, why is he still here? And it was just simply, there wasn't no major thing to it. He just simply didn't know he was dead. And you just got to say, you know, do the cleansing and just basically say, you know, you're dead and go on. It's okay. I do know, like, here's one of those things, like, back to the nursing home, which is a plethora of stories regarding, like, honest to God, that's where I learned more about mediumship than anywhere else. I'm sorry, I can't sit in a class and listen to somebody tell me about mediumship after that, which is part of the reason that I will never be a great, like, I'll never provide mediumship personally is because I'm never going to be able to train on it because I did too much of it in the nursing home to sit through the class. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not really a beginner. I'm not exactly an expert, but um, I forgot where I was going with this. Sorry, ADHD. Um, so tell me about one of the creepiest things that has ever happened to you on an investigation. Okay. I knew you were going to ask that question. And this, and I, I believe... My ghost investigating buddy, Amy, is watching on here. So, Amy, you can comment on this because she was with me, witness, Moundsville. Uh, she and I doing our thing, you know. And it was just the two of us um, at one point because there was different investigative groups there. And it was just the two of us at one point on our own. Uh... I think that place has three floors. Nonetheless, it was the very top floor. 
hotter than Hades up there. It was like summertime. And we were like in the long stretch of hallway from the infirmary, like to a stairwell, we're just doing our thing, investigating. And we heard a whistle, like a, I can't whistle, but kind of, you get to just, yes. And it was like, did you hear that? Did you hear that kind of thing? So we started walking down the hall toward it. And it kept whistling and whistling. And halfway down, I, I started getting creeped out. But but my girl, Amy, it, it takes, I, I actually spook quicker than she does. And I keep looking at her and I'm like, okay, she's still trucking. She's still right. going. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep going, you know. But then that whistle be kind of, it second floor, it kind of changed to like a, a sinister, the whistle changed. I, I can't duplicate the sound for you. And I'm like, Mah. and I looked at Amy again. And at that point, she just did like a spin on her heels and started going the other way. And that's when I was like, oh, this is bad. This is bad. A Amy's scared. We're out of here. <laughs> it, it was creepy. It, it was it was creepy. And uh, we went all the way down and we told some other groups what was going on. Some other couple other, this one group of guys joined us, but let's go back up. And it's like, okay, we got more people. We're brave. We'll go back up. And um, didn't hear the whistling anymore. But right after that, it was just a shit ton of shadow people everywhere. But that whistle, man. Yeah, she said, first and any time I had to head out for a minute, its tone changed in a heartbeat. And it, that whistle, like I said, it just changed. And it was almost like it was luring us. Yeah. And that's when we were like, mm. I, I, and she, when she turned, I was like, okay, this is, she's spooked now. So this is, this is serious. Right. And it was that, that is the, that is the creepiest. You know, it's funny because I get a lot of creeps on my own. Like I, I visit graveyards. I have never had, I tell you one of the one times I have never had a truly negative experience in a graveyard. I've visited a few, like I've had moments where they made me break down, but one time I noped out. <laughs> I was like, I, I was, when I was kind of going through my breakdown, which we're not getting into. Um, I would visit my father's grave because it was on the way to my house and I didn't want to go home. So I was like, I'll just visit dad. So I go into this graveyard and there's a fresh grave and this thing has like a whole pillar of light going up. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but it doesn't affect me. And I am out. I'm just going to drive on by and pretend I saw nothing. I have nothing to do with this. Goodbye. That's <laughs> like, odd. I never, um, I don't know. Tell me if this is weird, but uh, I find graveyards very peaceful. Generally speaking, I do. Uh, I've actually talked to other people who are not paranormal investigators, but who have a very high level of natural gift, we'll say, who have studied and done things. And apparently, like, demons won't go into graveyards. Really? Really? 
like the person that I'm thinking of actually has been like, okay, this thing was following me. It was dark. It was negative. I didn't like it. And I stepped on the graveyard and it paced around, circled the graveyard, waiting for her to come out. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but um, I'm glad you're okay now. Yeah. I like graveyards even more now. I like, um, I think this, this is a little bit about me sort of like how this all started when I was a kid, like little, little kid, like second, third grader, like at the age where I don't think normal kids are interested in that kind of stuff. I was always a history buff. I loved historical places. I loved going to historical landmarks, you know, like George Washington slept here kind of thing, but I got to go in the house. Like I was always into that kind of stuff. And uh, along with that, just, I always liked like historical graveyards, like the older, the better. Um, I just like, I did when I was in Salem, we visited one of the oldest graveyards in the country. Yeah, I need to do that. But yeah, I just like it. And I always, um, I'll walk through them and, I mean, I've gone as far as taking my shoes off and just bare feet walking through them. It's just a calm, full, calm, peaceful thing. Yeah, I get things, but it's all calm and peaceful. Generally speaking, I get a good feeling from them. Like, there's only been a few times where it feels like the spirits have been like, you know, you probably should leave now. It's very rarely. Um, I actually... I don't know if I still have the footage or not somewhere. I went through a graveyard and was just like, all right, anybody wants to talk, come and talk. But I didn't get anything. They're like, uh, we're fine. <laughs> yeah, we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> shut up. Like, this is a quiet. Sometimes I feel like you're saying that to me, like, shut up. Like, <laughs> just take your walk and be quiet. <laughs> but once in a while, and I can't even recall where, what graveyard or what it was about the stone once in a while you ever look at a certain headstone and just like me kind of once in a while my mom uh is the probably like i'm pretty sure like it comes you can see it passed down the line on my mother's side like, I don't know, I, I do think there are people who are just, like, they can be born in a family that doesn't have anything like that going on, but more or less, I think it's more repressed than anything. I think everybody has some level of natural intuitiveness. Absolutely. And, you know, you can explain it away, or, you know, for generations, you can explain it away, but inevitably it pops up. But my mom and I would go, you know, every Memorial Day, she'd want to go and decorate the graves, the family graves, like all the family graves, going back like 200 years, some of them. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Those balls to the walls. <laughs> yeah. Like my sister and I, we got out there and we're like, oh my God, do you even remember where all these graves are? I'm like, I don't know. Mom had it memorized. I just followed her around, honest to God. And I feel bad about that. <laughs> I really feel bad about that now. Um, I think I videotaped her. I'm going to have to go back through and edit the video just for the family. Not for like that. That video will never come out on YouTube because it's just, it's just too personal. Mm -hmm. But um, I was like, I'm going to take this and make content out of it. So I followed her with a camera and I'm kind of glad I did. Cause we went back and looked and I'm like, Oh, there's where the grave is. You needed it to find stuff. I did. 
Um, but she, we would go and I'll, I, it was almost like a, we would like collaborate. Like, do you feel this? And I, you know, it wasn't like when you're, when you're doing a paranormal investigation, that's the last thing you want to do, right? You don't want to be like, I feel, or do you feel this, this, and this? And like, it's more like, was there something there? What did you see? Why don't you go, go tell this guy outside what you saw. And then I'll come out and tell him what I saw and see if we can like match it up. Right. But it's just me and her. So, and we both know we have this natural ability. Um, and we would be like, okay, mom, I'm getting the creeps. Are you getting the creeps? Like, she's like, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and go. Apparently we're not welcome here. <laughs> It didn't happen very often, usually, because, you know, we went in with respect, you know, we believe in the, and I don't even know where I picked this up off. I picked this up off a podcast, but I want to start using it. The word paranormal ethics. I want to do a whole video on paranormal ethics, but I don't really have like the investigative uh, background. There might be something we can collaborate on later. Yes. The main thing, the main thing is no provoking which we talked about. Um, hmm. Not everything's a demon. Not everything's a portal to hell. You know, sometimes the noises you hear, you know, you should turn that stuff off and just use the logical first. Sometimes it is raccoons in the attic, you know, do try to debunk things and I don't know. That's all I really go by. Just be respectful to, if you're in someone's home, respect their home, respect their property, respect the living and the dead. Just, just be a decent person <laughs> going into any place. That's kind of how I feel about it too. Like, honest to God, like I, I did this one house cleansing. This woman was convinced that there was a dark negative presence because her son he wasn't exactly getting attacked but things were moving around him he'd wake up in the middle of the night and see this guy with a top hat in his room his stuff would get moved and i go in there and what had happened was this house had been like literally 20 feet away had been bulldozed right into the ground this guy had like lived and died there during the great depression and the tax, you know, the tax man took the house, didn't do anything with it. When she got the property, she just built a house and she didn't build it on top of the old house. She built it like 20 feet over. So the spirit was like, okay, well, I guess I live here now. Look, I got a new house. Right. I guess I live here now. Water oh, spirit. Speculatively speaking. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this was a gentleman of the 18th, you know, well, not the 18th, the 19th, early 20th century, who had very strong opinions about her 22, 23 year old son just living in her house and not working. Oh. I'm like, if you want this spirit to leave you alone, go get a job. <laughs> I am not kidding. I'm like, I'm not kidding. Like, he stood before me. He's like, her son does nothing. It's not right for a woman to be the one working in the house and him doing nothing. And that's really how they communicate. And that 
that that yeah that's they will say stuff like that and like here's the thing like if they haven't if they haven't like crossed over and they haven't tapped in i know a lot of this any spirit that's crossed over and come back has been a lot more we'll say gentle than their former presence was because they're not still dealing with the ideas or I, I don't know what happens during that time, but they, you know, they go away there. You can't reach them for a while. And then they come back and it seems like when they come back, they're transformed, but they like the spirits, chill about them. Like there's a chill. Right. Like, oh, wow. okay. And you know, I think it's breaking away from the permanence or the whatnots of this third dimensional reality they don't have they don't have none of this stress they don't right. have none of this right you but know? yeah though this guy just had a real problem with his kid not working and living off his mom and so he was harassing him and was like okay why don't you get out of the house you're old enough to move out on your own go and so he was trying he was doing what he could to make this kid do something i'm like well yeah seriously like the top hat was just his style. That was just part of his style back in the day. And he wanted to keep it. Like he thinks that he's a formal guest here and he doesn't appreciate the fact that you're working and your son's not. That's if I scare him enough. Maybe he'll like go get a job. So he's not home so much. <laughs> exactly what his logic was. He's like, yeah, I was like, okay, I don't, you're not the dad here, but I appreciate you participating in household politics. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. Like, I, I, I've been looking for a new place to live, and I kind of want to find some place that's super haunted because I know my reactions. Like, I know I'll be creeped out the first few times, and I may react poorly, but at some point, something's going to start moving, and I'm going to tell them to go to their room and think about what they did. Like, honest to God. I, um, when I got my house, I didn't like want, you know, I didn't say I want a haunted house. I just, I like this house. I got it. Um, it's very active, uh, but it's a lot of passers through. There's no one that really is attached or stay just a lot of passers through. I don't know. Maybe it's because of me. I don't know, but it gets real busy here. And it, I always do that. I, I go to bed at night and it's just when it gets quiet. And I think it's because it's quiet and there's no more distractions. And I, I hear them. They're out in the hallway. There, and I just go, don't start. I'm going to sleep now. And they, they quit. <laughs> but I always have to do like, Don't start. <laughs> you had all day to tell me whatever. Don't start with me now. I want to go to sleep. <laughs> my poor mother my poor mother she would get spirits like all the time like she'd just wake up and i know that like i'm sure i'm not the only one who's had this experience but it happened to my mother more than it happened to me uh but you get spirits that'll just like show up next to your bed you're like okay you're being creepy. It has nothing to do with the fact that you're disembodied, but thanks for just dropping by without it, you know, any sort of notice. There's there's the door. Because she helped cross spirits too. Like, um, she was actually, she was kind of able to open the gate. And she was just like, okay, there's the door. Yeah, just, you're dead. <laughs> right, and I, I think she got, 
I don't know if she got a reputation amongst the dead or if it was one of these things like she just shined so brightly that you know that door it gives off a certain energy a certain light when somebody opens the door and it was weird because I can do it too and when I would do it in the nursing home I'd have this one resident who would look at me say I'm going to die tonight. I'm like, oh my God, Evelyn, I know you can see the door, but that doesn't mean, please don't do it tonight, okay? Wait till I'm not working. But don't tell me. <laughs> like she, it was in this perfect Bella Lugosi impression. Tonight, I'm going to die. I'm like, I am going to die tonight. I just like, God. Yeah, I, I don't want, don't tell me, okay? I don't, someday that's going to happen, but not today, okay? <laughs> I have this thing my husband laughs at me um, and it happened a while back it was well my clear audience like decided to open up I don't know like four in the morning or something and uh, yelled right in my ear like outside like my real ear heard it you know what I mean like right and I'm like, damn, like I, I'm laying there and I, like yelling my and I, I'm laying there and I'm like, do I want to sit up and look around? And I'm like, nah, I want to go back to sleep. And to this day, I I hear them anyway. It's stupid, I know, but it's just like a false sense of security. When I go to bed at night, I have to have the blanket on my ear. Even though he laughs at me. He's like, you're going to hear them anyway. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Go to sleep. Look, I don't know what it is about a blanket, but it does feel like a shield against the paranormal. And I wonder, you know what? I kind of wonder. I wonder about that. Like, if keeping your bedding clean affects the activity you draw. But it does feel like that blanket is like there's a certain level of security. Yeah, I mean, I do like I do hear them anyway. But like thinking about it now, since I've done that. I knock on wood. I haven't had a yell in my ear since. Like I still, but so I don't know. I don't know. Like the rules are weird. Yeah. Like I cannot go to sleep now with that blankets on my ear. I can't. It's just that really messed me up. <laughs> I tell you what, like when I was, um, when I had like, I have like one year where I stayed in the dorms at college and like once a week, twice a week, this character would come and stand at the end of my bed. I'm like, are you going to move on? Or are you going to leave me alone? And it would leave like, like, okay, well you're not ready to cross, but what are you doing here? What are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I don't understand sometimes the stuff they do. Um, like I had another one that followed me home from a funeral home. Um, I was there to see a relative. It wasn't my relative that followed me home. When I was there to see my relative, there was another wake going on in another room. You know how to do? And that one followed me. And he would always like, I'd always hear him behind me doing that, like <clears throat> always like trying, like clearing his throat. And I was always like, you know, what do you want? What do you want? And never would communicate anything. Just kind of like lurked around. And then he started bugging me when I was sleeping. And I'm one of them people, I need my sleep. Right. I need my sleep. 
and you know he was bothering me when I was sleeping and then I like had to yell at him about it and like my kids laugh at me too they're like only you would scare off a ghost but <laughs> like he was because I just finally told him I'm like listen I said if you, if you have something that you need help with I'm here to help you but like you gotta communicate you and you gotta quit effing with me when I sleep and then he left so I scared the ghost there this only hap this has only happened twice that I can remember. But I got a spirit that really needed to communicate about their death. Like they had to go over it with somebody else and there was nobody else sitting around. And uh that was weird because I had this dream where I went through somebody else's death. I'm like, I'm genuinely screwed up about this just a little bit but like there's nothing i could say or do because it wasn't my death this is not something that actually happened to me this is something that happened to this person who needed help I'm like okay that's that's where we are but like they we went through like and one was a little girl and the whole experience was very much an experience of a child it was kind of mystical and peace meal and the other had been an adult when they died and the adult had showed me like frame per frame like you could tell that this person had a very logical mind when they were alive had showed me exactly what had happened like i didn't have to feel their pain or anything but it was like um i i hesitate to tell the stories because like i said they're not my stories and i don't want to trigger people but that was a super realistic like i lived through somebody else's death like they were explaining it to me in dream form and then i wake up and that person that i was kind of in their place in the dream is now standing next to me looking for help i'm like give me a minute <laughs> just give me a minute to fully wake up and we will i will do what i can for you yeah don't you just love dreams and i, I get a lot of stuff in my dreams and then you wake up and you're you're not dreaming and you're up and you don't know when if you were up or not yeah <laughs> you can't differentiate between the dream and being up and good times yes and i tell you what i love dream work i love dream work but it can kind of screw you up because you start to dream what's already in your house and like i'll never forget one time uh I figured out that I was lucid dreaming, like in the middle of it. I wake, I thought I would wake up. I had thought I'd woken up, but things were not working correctly. I'm like, this doesn't make any sort of sense whatsoever. So I'm like, I go out in the room, out into my like living room and the living room's a little weird, but my roommates are sitting there and they're like, Dottie, you're asleep. <laughs> like oh really and i just like walked outside and looked at the sky i tell you what if you're ever lucid dreaming and you catch yourself lucid dreaming look at the sky it is amazing like i could see galaxies and everything and i was like i'm just gonna go fly and dance and that's what i did and then like some something came in me like okay daughter you gotta get back to work <laughs> like I know what you mean by the sky, though. I just, I did that not too long ago where I had a dream that I was just 
sitting out in my yard and and just watched the most amazing meteor shower and just the constellations were like a like right like there, right there. Clutch them. yes yes i just did that not too long ago it's 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 a trip it really is it's so vivid like you think you're like because you think you're awake like really you're like and i tell you what lo i have heard people drive themselves crazy literally have psychological issues from like lucid dreaming and things like that it's like a black box warning may cause madness because like they're of uh, they're altering their sleep state for one like they're not getting the proper rest but also like they're like you know they're having these conversations with people in their dreams and then they wake up and like that that didn't happen in the real world buddy that didn't happen on planet earth i'm not saying it didn't happen but it didn't happen here <laughs> <laughs> and then i got another point talking point here okay yeah so let's get back to, i guess we were going to talk about paranormal investigations we're, we're almost so, up it's all connected though how about Dottie? how about like intelligent haunts versus like a psychic imprint you know, I, this is one of the things I brought up in uh, Death 2. If you ever get a chance to watch, like, that's my high art. When I sit down and really think about what I got to say and when I do some research and get some get some things going, I love to do full videos on this kind of thing. And I actually addressed that in Death 2, the spirit. Um, I think because... Honestly, you think about it. One of my roommates put it very succinctly. He's like, can you imagine being trapped in the moment of your death for eternity? I can't imagine a hell worse than that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, like, it's not like they're reacting. It's almost like a recording or like an energetic recording. I always tell people, like, when they want to know the difference, what they have going on, what type of haunt they have. If, like, ah... I'm trying to think like if you see a house I used to live in perfect example um a gentleman that used to live in that house before I was in there and he passed away um and you'd always see him sitting on the porch in the chair but it was always like the same time every day right and it, it, it was an imprint. He wasn't intelligently there. You couldn't communicate with him. It was just like like a video, like watching a video. It was right. like the same time every day you would catch him in that chair. And But yeah, it wasn't an intelligent. It was just because he, he just, he left his imprint there, an energy. Because he just sat on that porch all the time. And my neighbor had told me, she said, you know, Toward the end there, he didn't get around too good and he liked to be outside and his wife would put him out on the porch and that's where he sat and he spent a lot of time out there. So it just, it made an imprint. So that energy was there, but it wasn't an intelligent. Like you couldn't interact with it. Right. And it, he didn't do anything else. He that's the big difference. Like, cause I'm no, I've heard stories of the same energetic imprint being affected by like the weather. Like, 
on a stormy night, you can still hear so-and-so. Right. And I believe that, but it's, it's, that's probably an imprint. Right. Cause we know like thunderstorms will like rev things up on a stormy night. Right. Uh, we're getting ready to cross over the hour mark here in about four minutes. If you're willing to keep going and our audience is willing to keep going, then I am absolutely okay with continuing this as long as we want. Yep. What do you think audience? Are you all interested in what we're talking about? Cricket, cricket, cricket. Plenty, plenty, plenty to talk about. <laughs> or me and Dottie will just keep going. That's okay. <laughs> Let's go. You know what? I only need, I only need one instigator. <laughs> Keep going, ladies. We got we got the red the green light. Right. All right, let's go. There's two. All right. I don't think we're doing readings tonight. We're talking about the paranormal, but if you would like to get a hold of either one of us, we are both professional psychics. Uh, and you can find either one of us at WV Psychic Stock or was it West Virginia Psychics? Joe run the banner for me. Yeah, banner's gonna come and you'll see where you can get a hold of either one of us. <laughs> Yeah, wvpsychics.com. There's that shameless self-promotion, y'all. It is shameless self-promotion. Here's the thing, like the whole principle behind this show, and I think even Joe does one too, where, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. And as my popularity grows, I want to help people raise their popularity. You know, this is a community. There is a certain cutthroat nature among psychics, but I don't play that game. No, we're all on the same team. Yeah, I don't play with people who play that game. And I make that very clear. But so definitely the, sh um, we want, I really, really want to keep talking about the um, investigations. Yes. Because so you can you can watch them on TV and on YouTube. I watch a lot of like paranormal things people catch on video. But I tell you what, there's nothing quite like being there and getting like I don't know if we're more susceptible to the creeps. I, I have learned how to kind of like tone them down a little bit when I'm going into a situation like, okay, I know this is high energy. I know this is not only high energy but dark energy. This is gonna make my nerves jangle. But, the, you know, the good old-fashioned heebie-jeebies. But it seems like going in, you almost have like this... It almost feels like a boxer going into the ring and like, okay, we're ready. I'm doing this. Do you get... How do you get prepared to go into these knowingly haunted places? Um, I just... You know, do my protection, protective kind of thing. Um, I always like to keep like obsidian, hematite bracelets. I, I do that kind of thing. I do have the, you know, do the protection thing. Um, you know, always ask for the, you know, highest vibrations to be around. And, um, you know, we're not here for the bad stuff. You know, if it's there, keep it under control kind of thing. Um, and then what it is, what it is when you're there, the biggest thing afterwards though, is your psychic self care. And when you get home and you take your bath and you get your shower and you do your salt and you get all that 
cuck off of you. Right. How I this happens to me more afterwards like is more important. The after stuff is more important than the before stuff. Right. For me anyway. Yeah, see, that's how I go in. I'm like, okay, I'm prepared to see. My third eye is Oakman, and you're welcome to talk if you can handle my nerves. <laughs> I, I do jump. I, I hate to admit that I still get, like, if something jump scares me, I'm like, the knocking got to me a little bit. The seeing shadows, I'll still be like, did you see that? Like, it's natural. Like, you can't help it. Like, I can sit here and go, don't jump, don't jump, don't jump, don't jump. And you're going to. And then that, you know, it's. I think it's just natural. I don't think you can, like, not, you know, it's just human and feeling. And it's just natural to do, you know. Right. I try not to be jumpy, but, you know. Like I told you, when that water bottle went flying, that no one was expecting that. And I mean, I've seen shit move over years, but not like that. One of the things that still gets me, one of the things that still, I'm like, did you see that? Was I the only one here for that? Is like the full bodied, like color tv versions like i don't know why people will run past me like it's just like they're there for a split second and then they're just gone and like i didn't see them show up and i didn't see them disappear but they did both pretty well and i tell you what every time i'm a bar it, it happens more in like places where people go to like dump their emotions and it always seem to have like somebody who sticks around for the after party and the day after party and the everybody went home but me party. <laughs> That's where I'm most likely to see those like streaks of people. And, it, and it's almost like, like you can't even get like, you get like the vaguest detail because they're cut, they come and go so fast. It's, and it's always in, is it always in like? Like the, the peripheral. Like, like, and by the time I like, it's like the center vision is too too focused on the logical world to pick up on it but like the peripheral like and it's always like in here mm -hmm. I turn around yes. and like by the time i get my eye focused on it so when i went to the eye doctor years ago and um i said they thought i was crazy i didn't know um I said, I, I think I need glasses. I know I need glasses because I was having trouble with focusing things. And, uh, you know, they did the whole eye thing. And I said, well, I said, you have to check my peripheral vision. I said, isn't there something where you can check my peripheral vision? And they're looking at me. I said, there's always stuff over here. I said, you know, I need that checked. And they're like, well okay and and they, they kind of i don't know if it really wasn't a test for peripheral vision but they did check it out they're like your peripheral vision's fine i'm like no it's not i see stuff all the time and you're looking at me they're like it's fine i'm like no it's not <laughs> but yeah <laughs> they're like it's fine get out <laughs> right and it's like and then that's like okay this is this is a I'm just seeing stuff. Okay. I'm accepting it. <laughs> you know, I do want to talk about like, I wish I talked about this early in the show, but 
there's two things I wanted to talk about, and I don't know if we're going to have time because we can only go over about a half an hour. But stuff jumping in your car and when you should really actually be worried. Hmm. I definitely want to talk about the stuff jumping in your car because I can't tell you what, like how many times I've been like, I... I have gone someplace else because this thing will is in my car. I'm like, you can't, you can't stay in my car. You cannot go home with me. We're not, we're not going to my house. I can honestly say I've never had anyone in my car. I'm trying to think. I don't, I've never had anyone riding shotgun with me. I guess that one followed me home from the funeral home. Not sure how we did, but I don't, I never got anything in my car. I take, mm, no, I take that back. I have stuff really? jump in my car all the time. Cause I drive a lot of times when I'm going to like a house cleansing, I'm not taking somebody with me to somebody's house. Like if I'm doing oh. house cleansing, um, Ouija board. Man, I tell you what, Ouija boards, they're a whole different beast. I'm not opening one of those without another trained professional with me. Like I don't mess with those anymore. Few and far between. Not a fan. Don't. It's like a window to this extra. Like, here's the thing. Like One thing I've learned about them, having studied them mostly, and only I've only worked with them a couple of times. You're opening a window that does not close just because you shut down the board. There's more, to, a little more to it, yeah. There's and a, you, yeah. Like, you really have to be prepared going into it. And you've got to be prepared to, because once you, even if you destroy the board, that window is not necessarily closed. Right. And it seems I, like, I don't know, um... I can't explain the sense with it, but like when you're doing a reading and you know, the person's either zoom or on the phone or they're in front of me and your loved one comes through and it's like, you know, it's that like, there's a higher spirit, <laughs> even like terrestrial better when yeah. you're sitting, do, doing a reading. But when there's like the Ouija board, it's like free range shit. I don't know. You can't control it. Right. I don't know how to explain it if I'm explaining it right. Here's my theory. Here's my theory. Like, even ghosts talk. Like, a lot of them, especially if they're older ghosts, may not know how to... They may not be literate. So whoever spirit that is working with you has to be at least semi-literate to use the spirit board. And not only that... But because so many people go into using the spirit board as a game, you're going to get something that wants to play with you. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, um, it's not a game I want to play. Like, it's just not a game I want to play. Like, if you want to talk to me seriously, most of the, and it, I have like, like the house spirits have been like up on me when I tried to play with this the one time. I'm like, Okay, guys, you, you can spell out stuff, too. I'm like, nope, we're not touching that. I'm like, that's a sign. Red flag on the play. <laughs> like, if the house spirits that communicate with you normally are like, 
No. Yeah, they're back or going. Yeah, they're noping out. It's time for me to nope out too. But like, if my, if the spirits who want to just hang out and chit chat are like, we're not. Like, I don't know where this thing's going, but I'm just, I'm just gonna. I actually have a board, and you might even be able to see it in the background. Do, 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 do. Nope, it's completely covered up. It's behind a bunch of stuff. But I, uh, I broke it out, and of course, I, being a professional, think I know what I'm doing, and I'm gonna play with it by myself because I can handle anything that comes out of this. And like I, I put down proper protection. I. I didn't draw a sigil on the back of the board, but I put it in a circle. I opened it up. I, like, it was just begging to be played with. I'm like, which is a bad sign, ladies and gentlemen, when something is like, I really want your energy. You may not want to just give them your energy. Like, that's another thing. Like, that's the difference between invocation and evocation. Invocation versus evocation. Like, if you let it in your borders, it's going to be a whole lot harder to kick out. And when I noticed that's something that happens with the Ouija board is it's trying to go through you to talk. Like, it's not using the board. It's using the board to entertain you. It's almost like a prop at that point. But I did create, like, a window to God knows where. And um, I'm like, I got nothing out of it. I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know what? I've done this long enough and seen enough of this happen that I know something's going to happen like once everything gets quiet. So I didn't dispel the board. Like I didn't take all the energy off it. I just closed it, like locked it down. And uh, a few nights later, me and my dog sit upright, bolt upright because we hear witch coming from the board. I'm like, that's not usually how I'm addressed by spirits. They do not usually address me as witch, but this thing was like witch and it was audible. Like it was audible. Mm -mm. My dog and I, like, I don't just, when I wake up, I wake up slow. I don't just bolt out of bed, but my dog and neither does my dog. He's a slow wake up too, but he sat up in full attention and so did I. I'm like, okay, well, we're going to deal with this right now. And so, like, I completely dispelled the board, and I've never had any issue with it again, but I do make sure to keep the planchette and the board separate. Yeah. Have you been letting them run since she's got her staples out? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I've been walking her at least during the day. Right. Sorry, roommate, dogs. Move the break. But I just, um, I don't mess with it because, <clears throat> I don't know, who wants to deal with that? I just don't. It seems like a lot of extra steps. Yeah, I don't want to open up a can of worms that I might not be able to clean Close. myself. You know, I just, yeah, I try to keep things really, um, I don't know, what's the word? Just try to keep things really light and above board, I believe. And, you know, <laughs> high vibration, all that kind of stuff. It's like, uh, you know. Okay, so speaking of that, like some of the darker stuff, I've run into things like every now and again, and it's been more Faye related. Like there was some trauma with the local Faye population that I mostly just needed to go out and be neighborly. And, and that was on me. I did not make the proper social introduction. But like for like three or four nights in a row, I'm like, 
I don't want to go to bed because I know something's going to try and touch me in my sleep. And that is across the line. Like for all the spirits out there, feel free to like say, hey, wake me up. I get it. But you touch me and I'm going to react. And I'm going to react poorly <laughs> because these things kept like, and I would feel hands on me. The worst one. Um, there was an appointment in my life where it was so bad that I, you know, we're going back to the blankets, being a protective shield. Like I could not stand to have my feet exposed because it felt like something was trying to, to tickle them or touch them to get my attention. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm going to lay here and pretend like I'm asleep. I don't care how awake I am because I'm very awake, but I'm not going to move. Um, and that happened all through my childhood. It actually eventually ended when I got my dog. And I think he like, cause he provides, you know, he scared things off to not mm -hmm. do that. Since I got the dog, I'm not so weird about it. But before that, it was like, why are you all messing with my feet? It ain't okay. Yeah, that's weird. Don't, that's just weird. Stop. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's the stuff I say to spirit, too. Like, that's weird. Quit it. Like, <laughs> like, I don't go into your house and do this to you. Yeah, like, I'm, you know, stop. Consent is key, I, buddy. Consent is key. I would think this was probably a dark thing. And um, if my friend Amy's still there and other things she can uh, vouch for, uh, Carrie Furness in Pittsburgh. Um, again, I'm not going to say demonic. I wasn't no demons, but I don't know. Like, and I respect, you know, no provoking. I was just there minding my own business, investigating stuff. I don't know why, but they, because it was more than one, did not like me. They did not like me. And I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know, like my friend Amy said, well, maybe it's just because they know you can pick up on them so good. I'm like, I don't know, man, but they just, they don't like me. They were not nice to me. Um, when we did this, when we did this um, investigation, it was like mid-pandemic, so we had to be masked. Um, and I just had one of the paper disposable ones on. And at one point, we were like walking from into one room to another. And I felt like this motion, like if a hand would dra drag from ear to ear. And the little string broke that went around my ear. And my mask was this dangling. And this was toward the end after they I, they were already letting me know they didn't like me. And I lost my shit. And I was just like, you know, why are you touching me? You don't touch my face. Like, I just lost it. Again, just, you know, only I would yell at a ghost, as my daughters would say. But, yeah, I don't know. And I was just like, no, we're not doing that. Like, now here I am, have to have a mask on. You broke my shit. Now I got to sit here and rig it up and tie it around my glasses so it stays up. And um, at the end of the evening, we were going to the car and took my shoes off and I'm rubbing my feet in the ground, in the dirt. I said, just rub your feet in the dirt. I don't want anybody, anything coming with me. They didn't like me. And when we got in our vehicle, I had like on my ankles, I thought I was scratched up. I was bloody. And I got some, you know, tissues, whatever, and I wiped off. There were no scratches. 
That's weird. That was weird. That was weird. I don't think yeah. I've ever been scratched. Yeah, but they weren't. Once I cleaned up, there were no, there was nothing there on my skin. But I had scratches, like bloody scratches. And have you ever yeah. had your guardian spirits warn you not to go in a place? Like, do you ever get like the, the, I don't know how to put it, but like, you know, when you're getting ready to deal with something big, you seem to get some sort of weird warning before you go in. Yeah, there's times there was, I was, there was places I was supposed to go. And, um, prior to day of day before I was just told don't go. And I listen, I do, I do listen now. Like when I was younger and didn't have any sense and, you know, we learned things the hard way younger, not bad stuff. And, but I, I learned like when you, when you hear those things and you get those senses, just, just listen, don't question it. Don't, don't just do it anyway. Just, you know, but I, I do when I get to, when I'm told not to go, I don't. For those of you listening on the pod class cast, you did not hear my eyes click when reviewing my own personal behavior in my teenage years. <laughs> We're not always psychic about ourselves. Right? <laughs> Even the psychics have psychics. I'm telling you what. Like, that is one thing I noticed. Like, my vision will get blurry when it comes to me. I'm like, I'm so confused. I'm like, you're confused because you're choosing to be confused. I'm like, just tell me the answer already. Don't be cryptic. Sorry, bitch. You're the one who made this cryptic. <laughs> Do we really like, or I don't, I don't believe we make it cryptic. I think they just, I, they do that shit on purpose. <laughs> sometimes like there's been some times where I'm like, I've repeated what spirit said. I'm like, well, that's going to go one of two ways. And I'm not sure that they know the other way it's going to go. Like, <sighs> and there's some days it's like, I, come on. I don't feel like figuring this out. <laughs> like, just, just tell me. <laughs> Could you could you be more specific? Yeah, like don't make me figure it out. I'm tired. <laughs> I tell you what, some of the strangest things I have is when I'm doing like the shotgun readings. I call them shotgun readings because they come on so fast. But like when you go to an event and you've got like 15 people lined up and it's like the spirits do seem to come with them. I'm not saying they're sitting there waiting in the waiting room, but like I had this one little girl who uh, who definitely had something going on. She was she was describing a severe poltergeist interaction. I'm like, we need to talk about your childhood. <laughs> I'm like, let's get this. And it was her. Like this, she had imprinted this face upon her like other self. I'm like, honey, you, you know, she had this real negative experience with men. Her and she lived with her mom and her grandma and there was not a lot of positive masculinity around. So of course the character she sees that is a reflection of her own, like, like she had a split down the middle and I did an energetic cleanse on her where I kind of like tried to break the glass in between. And she's like, all I hear is shattering glass. I'm like, that's the sound I associate with a broken curse. To this day, like, 
because I know I've, I broke a curse on myself. I've helped other people. You can't really break somebody else's curse on them. You can only like, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Correct. Um, but like that breaking glass sound, it's almost like a, I can't duplicate it. It's in the mind. It's a high pitched broken glass sound, like a wine glass breaking. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I heard that and she's like, all I hear is break. And like, I heard that. I didn't tell her that, but I heard it. I'm like, how? And after the energy cleansing, I'm like, how do you feel? That's the only thing I said to her was, how do you feel? Do you feel different? Do you feel anything new? And she's like, I heard breaking glass. I feel like I can pull it together now. I'm like, great. Yeah. I did my job today. Yep. And that's, that's a talking point with um, paranormal investigation. <clears throat> poltergeists people make those you make those it's it's energy you know what i mean it's not a ghost it's not a demon like a lot of people might think they are those are made by a person right joe if you have to step out i understand i know we've run way over okay i got a thumbs up we're good to go Okay, we're good. But yeah, that poltergeist energy is made by a living person's energy. And you know what? And I do notice like, okay, um, I do notice it seems like it happens around people who are going through another big shift in their life. Like, first I've got to deal with this and then I got to deal with that. And like, I think I remember we talked about, I talked about this with Asen, who is getting ready to do his podcast in like 10 minutes but um i did this we had this conversation with ace and he was like okay you know if you want to deal with a poltergeist then we need to deal with this first <laughs> like this is a part of that you got to work on the two together because anything else is not gonna not gonna correct the problem right a lot of people that struggle with addiction will bring those in um you know people are just just got tra trauma and things like that, you know, they'll are just going through a lot of stuff. That's one thing I've noticed. Like when I worked with the homeless people and I still have friends in the mental health field and meth is a big problem in the Valley, but it seems like people who have an addiction are already in a very negative space and they've left themselves very, very open. They're yeah. not in control of their behavior. Um, not a hundred percent anyway. They've, they've left the door wide open and their vision is wide open and they will see some of the darkest things and they'll straight tell you like, it's something trying to take my soul. It's like a human Ouija board in a way. It like is about Ouija boards and are open. It's, it's kind of you, a person can do that to themselves. Then to myself, I call it marriage. <laughs> I got some thoughts and feels <sighs> my marriage didn't go well. If you know, if you're soul bound to somebody, you better make sure that person is actually like following the same set of rules. We'll say, we'll just put it there. That's, that's another show for Dottie and I one day marriage tips, marriage tips. Right. Talk about these things before you get married. And there's a big long list. And it's 
love's a beautiful thing, but there's just a lot of things you need to put on a table and discuss before you. Right. I generally just try to find somebody whose line is way further than mine. I'm like, okay, look, I got this. This is this is on my side. I'll, I'll take care of it. Oh, you know what? That's another that we could go all night on that one alone. We could do an hour show on that. Yes. We could make a whole whole another show on that. Like opening yourself up to things like because so what else? I know you had you actually made cards for this. Are there is there anything we've missed that you would really like to talk about? Let's see. We did our intelligent and psychic imprints, and we talked a little about house cleansing, uh, just not provoking things like that. Did some stories. Um, do we want to get a little bit more on house cleansing real quick to wrap it up? Like you know when you get your sage out and you make sure your windows and doors are open and you make sure you do all your rooms and I have a problem with sage. Number one, there is the whole cultural appropriation thing, which I'm not putting that on the table to discuss tonight, but just like sage and I don't exactly like the whole, even the, like the sage ritual always feels like it's missing something. Um, and the times I would do it, like I used to do it when I was younger, it seemed like, cause I, I lived in this apartment that was so very haunted that even the skeptics were like, Ooh, I think I just saw something in your room. I'm like, probably the TV does his mind of its own. Like, but it seemed like it would just, it was in Huntington, which is a great start to a story anyway. Like Huntington, don't die in Huntington. You might get stuck. <coughs> don't die in Huntington, West Virginia. You may get stuck. Um, or if you do, call Dottie. I'll help you. But honestly, that whole town has a... has. I think it's partially because of the way it's laid out geographically and the streets are on a grid pattern right next to the river. It floods constantly. So between the water and the very weird and intentional way that the roads are set up, there is, there is something there. Like, I don't know who set this up for what, but they didn't clean it up afterwards. Like this is a permanent structure. Um, but this particular building was like turn of the century and it had gone through many tenants some of which were not so good and some of which had just stuck around i guess and it seemed like the sage would push it into the wall it was almost like when the uh, <laughs> it was so much like when the uh, exterminator would come through because we got we had cockroaches too which is a bad sign like cockroaches and flies seem to be drawn to negative energy that's part of what they like, always seem to be in abandoned houses and things Flies, oh. yeah, I know. Um, I didn't know about cockroaches, but yeah, flies, I know. Flies and cockroaches. Cockroaches, I think, are a worse sign than flies. Hmm. Uh, but the cockroaches would move, like, they would only exterminate one apartment at a time. And that's kind of the way the sage got. I'm like, okay, we're only dealing with one space at a time. It's not, right, because you can you can exterminate this apartment... And the cockroaches would just move over to the next one. And, and the same way with the sage. You're cleaning this, but it's just 
they're just you're going to keep pushing them, pushing them, pushing them. Yeah, that's kind of something you got to do the whole. Which is I have really actually, you know, like now that I've down sage, um, mugwort. I like mugwort. Yeah, there's lots of different things you can use. Right. The thing I use the most, honestly, because number one, people don't always like their house to be full of smoke, which is kind of a key factor in, in using smoke and doing a smoke cleansing. I like smoke. I like using smoke. Right. <laughs> smoke I, I don't. <laughs> I don't use smoke because of the residual smoke. Like, and number one, like I'm a highly spiritual person. So I kind of get like, I've driven out all this energy and now I feel like, Blah, I'm like it's very blank and weird to me. The space, so I have learned to use a bell. So rather than like pushing everything out to try and create a blank space, I'm raising the energy level so that whatever is in the space has either got to raise their energy level with me. We we all need to have you know, it, it's kind of like one of those things like okay, you want to stay in this space, then you need to talk to me like I'm an adult. It's almost more conversational. Like the bell is an mm -hmm. indicator, like this is how we're going to behave now, or we're going to get out. And once you have raised the energy level, a lot of times the people who live there will also start to raise their energy level. And people tend to be a stabilizer. Like if they're very negative, they can drag a space right back down to where it was before you did the cleansing. If they're right. positive and just dealing with something, and once you get that thing off of them, they will naturally raise the energy level and it makes it in, inhospitable to things that want to try and eat you. Right. Things that yeah, are feeding off a negative energy. I like chimes too. I like chimes too. Yeah, wind chimes. You can bring wind chimes inside and do a thing if you don't have a bell or bells. It, that works just the same. I like a nice clear bell. I've got a few. What, okay, so let's talk about like more vampiric energies because I've run across a few we'll call them entities for the sake of arguments or you know I won't call them demons because a lot of times I do think that they're people they're spirits that have just started feeding off a negative energy maybe they were negative people in life and they That's just how I feel that they were like out in, in life and they just carried it over it's like, I, cause I see it in live people a lot. Like people will come up for a reading just to zap me, just to get what they can out of it. Like not even like the reading, but they'll be like, no, they'll say really despairing comments and things like that to try and get me in a negative space. And when they leave, I'm like, really did that just happen? Yeah. You kind of need a minute. Like I'll, I, I really try to set, I, I set the intention and I'm, I'm getting better with not getting those types, but I mean, if they still, they'll still get through, you know how it is. Yeah, I do. I really <laughs> set the intention like this. We're not going to do this. I'm not playing this. I'm not having this, you know, we're not doing these energy zappers and, you know, but they still get through now and again, but thankfully I don't, I don't get too many, but when you do, it's like you said, you're just like, I need, I need a 10 minute break. You know, I gotta. Right. So on your paranormal investigations, cause that was the topic of the conversation. Um, have you run into entities like that? Like, how do you handle that? I'm going to think a little bit. 
I know I've run into a few where they're literally, they're trying to get the jump scare for the energy jolt they get from it. Well, I think that's kind of what I was dealing with, like a carry furnace when they were just messing with me and messing with me. And, um, you know, I was like trying to just kind of ignore it. And then when I got pissed off, when my mask got pulled, I like, I just lost it. But even though I was like taking a fit and yelling, just set boundaries. Like, no, no. Like just mean what you say, say what you mean, be firm. And that's just how I learned to deal with that. They're like, no, we're not going to do this. You're not going to pull on my face. You're not, you know. Right. It's just you know, like real life dealing with a bully and you just got to stand up for yourself. And that's, that's how I handle it anyway. It's just like, as soon as you feel that shit coming on, just no, no, we're not doing this. You're not doing this. I have only ever run into one person who had the sense of willpower and self to pull this off. And it was so Ooh. funny that I couldn't help but laugh. I'm like, God, I wish I had that talent. Like I have had to go a complete other way. But this guy came up for a reading and he was telling me about this story about how this thing just kept trying to get a start out of him. I do not wear protective items. We're going to, okay, we're going to fill the question for Mason in just a second, but I got to finish the story because it was too funny. <laughs> because one of the things you learn in, because I've, I've delved pretty deep in Western occultism. And a lot of times, one of the things, one of the things that if you can do it, is the most effective way to drive off a negative spirit is to just starve it out. And this guy was like, yeah, we'd gone and done this thing. And I guess this thing had followed me home, but I wouldn't pay it any mind. It would knock stuff around. I just ignored it. And eventually it went away. I'm like, you starved it out. How the hell did you not even like, he's like, he had no emotional reaction. I'm like, what kind of Zen are you doing? Can, yeah. I need you in my yeah, life you, you need to come do a class buddy because like i said i couldn't when they pulled that mask on my face there was no ignoring that like i got pissed i wasn't even scared i got pissed right like enough like you've been jacking with me all night that's enough and i mean that's the energy they're feeding off you know, they got their meal, which mm -hmm. I'm glad they yeah. left alone after that. You definitely have to do a cleanse and things like that afterwards. Oh yeah, definitely. I, you know, get your salt, get your shower, clean it off. Like I said, my, my after is more, more of a thing than my before. I've had to kick stuff out of my car so often. I've learned to put protection on my vehicle. Like I said this earlier, but I really do like I put a protection around my vehicle. Like it, it it's in it itself. The the car I'm driving now actually was my mother's, so that gives it a lot of natural protection just from that motherly love that I still feel when I get in the car. Like there's still a sense of her and just the fact that she was such a strong, not just not just psychic, but person. Like her in herself she was aware of who she was and like her she knew exactly who she was and that's a powerful powerful thing you know above the door of Adelphi know thyself um 
so it's got a natural protection on it. But like my car before that, I had to put a protection on because so much crap would try to jump in the car and follow me home that it got ridiculous. It got ridiculous. I'm like, okay. And I'm, uh, I'm one of those girls. I don't like, we're going to address Asen's question right now. He says, do you put on a protective items before you go in? I do not. I, I do. go in balls to the wall come at me bitch kind of energy i'm like i'd like to have a civil conversation but if you want to take us in another direction we can throw hands i'm like i you know i deal with it as it comes up which has gotten me into trouble not gonna lie but i also think it makes me a stronger person no i do wear protection i do but just the basics it's more afterwards and I do like I'll go in like I I'm I remember listening when I was going through my we'll call it awakening or breakdown however you want to call it. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a fine line. It's pretty much the same damn thing. Yeah. Um, I watched I, I was watching it. I was looking through you know the memes. Oh, the memes. You know pre awakening and you're kind of like this blase person. Going through your awakening, I think it was all um, pictures of Keanu Reeves and his different roles. And, like, the last picture is him, like, cleaned up and in a nice suit and everything. I'm like, post-awakening. And you're in this, you know, this realized a fabulous person. Like, I'm a fabulous person now. But, like, <laughs> when I was going through that process... The energy was so weird. I'll never forget, like, I'll never forget how genuinely open. Like, I'm still trying to achieve the same openness as I was when I went on my grippy sock vacation. Because I was, like, eyes, like, eyes wide open this whole... And, like, I did some of the best readings. We all got the the king of, uh, the suicide king. I think it's the king of hearts where the sword's, like, in his head. If you play, if you ever read poker cards, you know what I'm talking about. But apparently he is the king of madness because we all got him. Every single card reading I did on my grippy sock vacation had the, had the suicide king in it. I'm like, what? So he will forever be my indication of madness. <laughs> like sweetheart we need to take it down a notch or 300 <laughs> like, you're on the wrong wavelength right now baby it's time to change the station um yeah i just came kind of wound, wandered around for a couple years just saying like what the hell what the f you know just kind of doing that all the time just like what the hell is happening like did that just happen you know it was just all it's just always in this what the hell kind of bubble right <laughs> go it was just always like that kind of feeling i have only ever wanted really truly run into one again we'll call them entities because i think I try not to the word, use the word demon just because it carries so much weight. And I know people who work with demonic forces that are just, just not that bad. Like, they seem like decent folk. But um, the one time I had to deal with something that was 
darker and stronger than I was. Um, there was a house that we stayed at regularly. Uh, I'm trying not to give any indication because I do know that this person would probably jump up and sue. But we stayed fairly regularly at this location and all the time I would feel something trying to pull me out of my body. Like I had dreamed like it, I'm really good at waking myself up in the middle of a, if, if something's attacking me, like I go through the awakening, awake, 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 awake phase where you're like, you're awake, but you're not awake. You're awake, but you're not awake. No, you're actually awake this time. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. Like, yes. I don't know how to describe it. We need a word for that. Yeah. Um, but that perpetual awakening in your sleep. And I would go through that a lot with this. Like, I would feel like pulled out of my body. I'm like, I'm not consent for this. But like, after one, the most powerful person in the house who was very much in the dark energies was very much into doing dark magic had died um and i really think she had found peace in the end which god love her i hope i hope her afterlife is a lot better than what her real life was that this thing was looking for a new acolyte it was looking for somebody who was as dirty as it was and it introduced itself like it tried to talk me into going into a basement of a house that I know didn't have a basement. Mm. And it's like, yeah, I'm one of your so-and-so's, I'm one of so-and-so's friends. I'm like, and it had the creepiest damn look on its face. Like, you know, the hyperextended smiles you see in some movies? Yeah. I don't, like like, I don't, ooh, I see yeah. it. And, um, and like, you okay. the old woman hair and the eyes were too big. I'm like, okay, okay. It's, you don't know what faces look like. Cause that ain't it chief. Um, yeah. When things try to make themselves look like people, but they don't look like a people. It's not a people. Like, you know what? I mean, Just be you, honey. It's a lot less creepy. I'm telling you what. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's nothing creepier than something trying to pretend to be something else to begin with. Like, I would rather have no are. face show up than this bitch. This is the only time that I have been really genuinely petrified. It got its meal out of me that night. You know, that negative energy charge. I'm like, and you got what you wanted. Let me go back to sleep and leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> leave me alone. I'm done for ever. And that was actually one of the things that jumped in my car and I couldn't kick it out. Like I'm pretty powerful. Like we went back and forth in my car and I could feel this thing oppressing me and I would push it back. I'm like, get out of my car. Um, eventually it did get out of my car. I'm like, okay, well I'm, I'm pretty strong. I wasn't the strongest I, I am. I wasn't nearly as strong then as I am now. But I'm 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 a heavy hitter when it comes to psychic energy. I always have been coming down the family line. That got to me. Like that is genuinely one of those stories. It's a it, it it's almost like a creep pasta. It's so mm -hmm. freaking weird. Like to tell the whole story. 
I will because I would have to edit the story so much to not implicate the people who are involved that are still alive and right. someday I want to write that whole story out because I tell you what, it got under my skin. But it, it got, got in my car and I was on my way to work. Because as you're telling it, I can like you can almost see the character. I could see the character. I know I did. And it's like, okay, let's go away. Right. Like <laughs> back off. Here. <laughs> it, it's not with me anymore because what it did, I'm like, okay, you know what? We're pretty well matched set. Like you don't want to screw with me and I'm tired of screwing with you. Do not go into my workplace. I'm putting the protection down. You know, I have. And because it was a nursing home, it did have, even though things got really freaky in there, it was death's domain. It was not going to allow something that was going to feed off its children in there. Mm -hmm. So we got some creepy, weird shitting up in there. Some things that I just, but that thing did not go in there. But as like, I'm like, maybe I'm hallucinating this whole thing, but it actually, it, went to try, got bounced off the nursing home. It bounced off of it. Like, it was going to try it. And it went into, like, the local known drug area. Like, it just did this U-turn. And as I saw it pass by, I'm like, I may just be crazy. But as it passed under the street lights, I could watch them blink, blink, blink. I'm like, um, you know, let's let's not do this again. I don't know who you're going to harass for that thing to get. That's the kind of places those things like to be. We were just talking early about people that are down on themselves. You, you know, substance abuse. And that's, that's like candy land for that kind of stuff. I tell you what, like some of the things, some of the things do get to you. And that was one of the, that was one of them that I was like, I don't know what to do about this. <laughs> this thing's not one to cross. It's not one to do anything. I have had like, I've had spirits who thought they were way bigger than they were. Like people I'm pretty sure were actual people at one time, like actually had bodies and then had died and just either had already had some grandiose ideas about themselves or had developed them by causing trouble and started feeding off dark energy that I was like, you know what? Here's the door. Mm -hmm. And they get sucked in. It doesn't happen very often. But every now and again, the door looks different. I'm like, I don't get to pick which door you go through, buddy, but you better go through it. And they, it went happily through it. It was like, okay. I'm like, oh, I guess everybody's happy now, but I'm well, not going where you're going. It's not our place to pick the door. We just, there you go. Right. <laughs> There's the door, buddy. There's the door. Yeah. Can't tell you which one to choose, but you know, there you go. Right. <laughs> That's about really how it works too. It really is like, okay, like there's the spirit realm. Feel free to enter. I'm like, and this thing just like sunk, but this thing would not like, it was like, it was having fun on earth. Yeah. 
oh god like that's the darkest thing i've ever run across and this was not i don't know how it got here i didn't run across i i mean i've been to moundsville i've been to the trans allegheny lunatic asylum I have not run into anything quite that level. And I think that it had to do with the fact that the person who had died there in life had been a very dark magician. She'd been like a, a mountain witch. Like the kind you would find in freaking pumpkin head. Right. I do feel like it was something that was made like, People again, you, you make those, you, you can create those things. Um, I never run anything in anything like that, and I don't want to. <laughs> Hope right. I won't. I've only ever run into one like that, and I've been out here in the field for a while. Like, because even I, I everybody complains about usually. <laughs> 99 times out of 100, you go in and it's just a pissed off ghost. It's somebody who either didn't live well and doesn't want to see people live well either. And it's a quick cleanup. Or it's somebody that doesn't want anybody in their house. They still feel like it's their house. Right. They're still territorial. Or they yeah. don't approve of something the current owners are doing. Like, not in my house. Which I can, I can honestly appreciate that. Like, if you go and you move into a house that's haunted, that spirit, if they have not crossed over, if they've not crossed over and come back, they're still very much attached to the place, and they still have their set of social norms. Which, we'll just say maybe a little old-fashioned. Well, like that gentleman that didn't like that kid not working and his mom working. Exactly. And like, the kid was the only one he harassed. And he harangued that kid. Like, he really did. He was, like, in there every other night waking him up. Like, hey, it's time to go to work. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> and would, like, I don't think he yelled at him. I don't think he, I don't think he had, I don't think he'd gotten to the point where he was feeding off negative energy. I think he was still doing the natural pool of energy from around him, just living, uh, afterlife I don't, I don't know how to describe it but like he was not at all a negative spirit he was just pissed off right that's nine times out of ten that's what they are there's just something going on they're there and there's something going on that you're doing that they just don't like like you said either it's territorial or you know they don't like a person's behavior here what they're doing you know or you, you know it's just nine times out of ten, that's all it is. Or they just don't, sometimes, like like I said, I come across a couple, they just, they don't know they're dead. I have not run into a hot, I don't know, I guess it was a thing in the nursing home, but a lot of them had just died. I do see, like, I know experiences in my own family where somebody will die and they'll kind of hang around for a little while, check on everybody, say their goodbyes, and then cross over. Mm -hmm. um, of course, my sports spiritually attuned family crossed over and came back really quick. Like my little brother, <laughs> my, uh, 
I miss that guy. I really do. He was so in tuned and you would never have thought it because he was the most redneck looking son of a gun you'd ever want to meet, <laughs> <clears throat> you know, and he could skin a deer, he'd hunt, he did all these things, but he knew himself. He knew what he believed. He'd listened to mom and I growing up, like since, you know, cause I was seven years older than him. So when I was going through my first spiritual awakening, guess what? There's more than one. And if you screw up, there'll be more than one. <sighs> That's another conversation for another video. Yep. Um, but he crossed over and came back in lightning speed. Like he crossed over. I think he may have came and visited the night he had died or maybe like during that week. <laughs> But he had already crossed over before his memoriam. I, I really genuinely think he stuck around for his wake and then was like out and back in days, which is record time. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I've heard of spirits who take 200 years to come back. Um, my dad took three years. Mom was back in like a week. But they were very already spiritually attuned. And I forgot where I was going with the story. 100% forgot where I was going. I think he's already been reincarnated even. Honest to God, like I see a lot of traits of him and another family member now. Because mm -hmm. I think that too, when someone, I mean, there's still like, oh man, this just goes down a whole nother, like, if that you can still experience your energy, but there's a difference between ex reading their energy than them actually coming through. And it's like when they just stop coming through and you haven't heard from them, haven't heard from them. A lot of times I think it's because the person reincarnated. You know what I mean? I do. I do. Cause I haven't heard from my brother since like, that's what made me think of that when you said, I think he reincarnated. And I'm like, think of, well, if you haven't heard from him for a while, but you, you could still sense his energy, but you probably see a difference, right? I see his energy on somebody. And it's strange because I see a lot of the, cause you know, he was my little brother. I was old enough to remember what he was like when he was very, very young. I ch changed his diapers. So now that now that I see his energy in a new form, like this child is acting a lot like he did. He's got that same fearless energy, that same socializing, that same uh, just hyper understanding of the world, that same compassion. Mm-hmm. Like, this baby is not acting... I mean, it acts like a baby. It does baby things. It's still, you know... It's got to relearn all this three-dimensional... You know, he's got to relearn all this three-dimensional bullshit. But a lot of the characteristics that I remember seeing in my brother as an infant are now coming out in this infant. And I'm not going to say that infant's name because, you know... Hopefully this is evergreen material and people watch this till the day I die. But... You know, you try not to name names. 
Right. But isn't it amazing? It is amazing. It's to me, it is. It's just, just the cycles and how things work. And it's, I don't know. I just think he was like a, a, an ascended master of sorts. And I, you know, he's dead now. So of course I'm going to think well of him. That's the Irish way. Right folks. <laughs> um, but it's uncanny. I'm like, I bet this kid's going to take things apart. Like you take a brick apart. Like if he can't fix it, then it ain't being fixed. And I don't know, like part of that I'm sure is grief because my brother dying and this baby being born were, you know, this baby being conceived because I remember calling the person who was pregnant. I'm like, they had uh they had a miscarriage. Oh God, this is one of those psychic moments. Dottie the psychic. My mom and I both, because this was before mom died. Um, mom hasn't even gone a full year yet. But um, before this baby was conceived, the lady who had had this child had had a miscarriage, and like she had announced she was pregnant a little early mm. and I know I couldn't keep the look off my face because she said something about it later. Like my mom and I were both like, I don't, I don't think this is a baby. I don't think this is going to be born. And then like, and then of course she had the miscarriage because that happens. Right. And she was, of course, devastated. And mom were like, we just need to be here for her for this. And even she said it didn't feel alive. I've heard women say that before. Right. I've heard and it turned out that. there wasn't even anything to have a miscarriage over. Like, the, you know, the body had reacted, but the seed hadn't taken. Right. Sometimes it'll just be like a fetal pole, but nothing yeah, nothing attached. Well, she didn't even have that. She just had it. She had an amniotic sac, but it was empty. She had an empty amniotic sac. And like when she got pregnant with her child, the one that she has, I had had a dream that um it was a weird dream. Like raccoons, three seven. And I remember dreaming like um, I don't remember what the rock song was, but there was like a epic rock ballad going on, like "Love Will Keep Us Together" or something of that no nature, like some really upbeat old school classic rock song. And I cannot remember what it was now to save my life. But like the next day, I called her. And it turned out she was scheduled to get an ultrasound that day, but they had to cancel because COVID. Like, they had to reschedule her ultrasound. She's like, what makes you say that? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I just have a feeling that you're pregnant. She's like, uh, well, we're not sure yet, but I'll get back to you when we are. I'm like, because that was, and that was the last time I had a dream about my little brother. Hmm. That was the last time he came to me and dreamed. 
Like, I tell you what, I do see my relatives and stuff. They come to me in dreams. So I get kind of worried when they don't come and visit me often. Like, my mom... Mom was just... She just shit rainbows. <laughs> she was just a creature of light. She She was a nurse her entire career. And, you know... It was a beautiful end to a well-lived life. It was like something out of a movie. Like, that's the biography I want to read. Mm -hmm. She raised her kids. She had fun. She lived life. She got everything she could out of it. She traveled. And then, and, you know, and she had not just her bloodline, not just her family around her, but her second work family because she ended up dying on the floor she'd worked on. Wow. Like they were just as torn up. A lot of them were just as torn up as I was. I'm like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, they'd been at working with her for 20 years. Some of them, she was in this, she worked at this particular hospital for like 27 years. She'd seen people, you know, work and retire. She'd been on, you know, she had been that she'd done her sacred job nursing if you don't feel like as a nurse that you're doing a sacred duty then you're probably not doing it right like and that's how i knew to get out that's how i knew i was burnt out it was like when i realized that i could not provide the care that i would expect for my loved ones that's why when i knew it was time to go and you do that that is a job you do experience burnout Right, which is another topic for another video. I can't do any more mental health videos for a while. The last two wrecked me. <laughs> like, we went straight in, like, um, was it last Monday? Not this Monday, but the Monday before. I did a video. I did a live stream like this one, which we cut off at an hour because we were, like, done. Uh, but we, I talked all about my mental health. I talked about all the lows and the things I still have to deal with. And then, of course, like, I couldn't let that go. So, like, Thursday, I did, like, a one-shot wonder where I couldn't even watch it after I had done it because I'm like, ah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm emotionally spent. So, we're not going to talk about burnout and how the mental health field is so cracked. At least at time of recording. Um... One thing we haven't talked about is how people can get a hold of you. How you can get a hold of me. You can go to tracyvan.com. You can go to at Tracy Tarot and see my Facebook page. Uh, if you go on the website, Tracy Van, if you're on the Facebook page, there's a little link to tracyvan.com that gets you to the website where you can book an appointment. Um, my email is on that page, both the website, the Facebook page. I think I covered I've everything. To, I've got to learn to plug these sooner. Like we are having a slow drop off. This has been one of the more successful live streams. Yay. That's good. I hope, I think we talked a lot about paranormal. I know we were, you know, hit a lot of different things, but again, it, it all ties together. Honestly, this was too big a subject to just, like, this is why I do it in my high art, so I can hit it and get it. <laughs> like, you know, you can address it fully, quickly, 
when you have time to really think it out. But when we're just like sitting here talking about it, it's a whole lot of personal experience. It's a whole lot of, you want to tell every story. Yeah, um, yeah, because there's so much. And like I said, whether you've gone to 500 places to investigate or five, it, it it's always different. There's, there's always something it's, never there's just never a dull moment you just you don't know what you're walking into and i mean sometimes you walk away with me not much but uh usually something some more some more active than others but um to anybody out there that really wants to see some shit i'd say moundsville's probably your first place to go i would go to trans allegheny lunatic asylum tonight like i would set up camp up in there because like you know somebody who is a mental health advocate which god knows i'm so crazy that i can't help it like i gotta be a mental health advocate because i gotta advocate for myself i want to go to trans allegheny i've never been so oh my god girl you'll never go back to moundsville <laughs> like i just felt like i was at home there I really genuinely felt like I was at home there. I'm like, I, I want to be here more. I want to go through this whole thing because I, I guess between being a nurse and being crazy, it really like, they're very respectful about the history. Like it's not just a, a pay for play haunted house. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well the ghosts draw people in, but let's, also talk about mental health and how you can't treat people who have problems like they're not people they definitely they humanize the people that were there the staff the clients they humanize people so i would definitely go back in a heartbeat and i really 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 want to get a group together and go i've got a few people that like i want to plan this for some time but like they say the activity is all down in October. Oh, this is something I wanted to talk about. It is two hours in. Shit. You know what? Let's go ahead and do this. Fuck it. We're already on. Yeah. Um, so something I've noticed is it seems like attention both represses and feeds the activity. Like if you get a whole lot of activity of people in there and they're putting off energy laughing and dancing or whatnot. Like if you get a lot of energy rolling in a place, it seems like the inner, the activity while everybody's there, while all the attention is there, the activity is really low. It's almost suppressed. But then like afterwards it goes through the roof. And I had noticed this before I went to trans Allegheny lunatic asylum. But while I was there, while we were doing the tours, they're like, okay, it's October, so we're probably not going to have as much activity. We, Those of us who've worked here for a couple of years have noticed a trend that it seems like most of the year is pretty even killed. Like 10 out of the 12 months is even killed. But October, there's nearly nothing. It's like they have no desire to come out. But then in like November, the activity goes through the roof. And my theory is that attention both feeds and represses that spiritual, um, uh, the spirit's ability to manifest. 
I get that. You figure they're watching us just as much as we want to watch for them. Right. So you figure if it's real active with people coming to tour and whatnot, well, they're kind of busy just watching you. And then at the same time, they need energy to manifest. It's like you said, October is a busy time for any place. So think of all that energy that's been through that building through the month of October, building up, building up. Then come November, it's super active. So I'd say it's probably, you know, all the energy that's been there that's like build up. Am I explaining I mean, it makes sense because I've noticed this. I noticed this before I went. This was something I'd noticed like through house cleansing and things because I'm a copper top baby. I am I am chaotic good. I try to be anyway. Like, I, I bring the power. But I notice a lot of times like when I'm in ritual or when I'm working with a spirit, the it's almost like it's there's it's almost like subdued. Like the energy, it doesn't feel low, but this one curls getting on my last nerve. And uh, like picking and pushing. It's just not off. quite long enough to tuck behind my ear. I just pulled the wrong way. There we go. There we go. Fabulous. Um, but like tonight where we've been talking about the paranormal, I would almost expect a paranormal uh, experience, but it, I also feel like um, it won't happen because I expect it. Like that nervous energy is feeding into it. Like that's something I noticed. And I noticed it with the Ouija board too. I put all that energy into it. I expected something. I was waiting. I was, I was, I mean, I had turned it on. I knew I was just, I had, I dumped a couple of days worth of energy into it. So I'm like, okay, something's going to happen and it's going to happen right now. But then like nothing happened, nothing happened. And then it waited for like, it was like three or four days later. It was when I had stopped thinking about it. When I had stopped feeding it. And I've kind of looked into this law, like the law of resistance. Had, uh, it waited almost. Cause I could still feel a charge on it, but mm. like nothing happened. And then like when I stopped looking is when something happened. It's like surprise. What's because I also feel that spirit has a heck of a sense of humor too. And I just I feel like they kind of do that on purpose too. Oh well, she wants something to happen, so we're not doing anything. Also, I, just impossible. I, I see that way in spirit, honestly. Like, oh, you want me to do do something? I'll wait. <laughs> Right. I'll, I'll wait till you quit thinking about me and then I'm going to go pound on the wall. I mean, I think I'd be that way. <laughs> I would also be that way. Be that <laughs> we are over two hours and I have run out of wine.
<laughs> well, Joe's running the uh, the Patreon list. I want to thank all my Patreons that helped keep this going. Joe's booting us. Well, that means we just got a lot more. We had a lot of viewers, and we just got to do more stuff, Dottie. We do. I definitely, I definitely want to keep kicking around this Trans Allegheny, especially if you haven't been. Because I'm I tell you what, I here's the thing, like the i'll start talking again you gotta watch me i'll start talking again once you've been to the trans allegheny lunatic asylum the energy is so different than moundsville like it's definitely we're talking like same level but people lived at the the asylum they didn't just go there to spend time and die like they didn't they weren't bad people they were crazy people right uh, they had you know they were people who had severe mental health issues and sometimes people who were just like abandoned there so they didn't just go there and, and you know the staff wasn't just there to keep people in line it wasn't just suppressive it was a living energy Right. And totally different energy. Yeah. They were in a different state of mind and just different conditions. And yeah, it was just, it's just a different environment. I tell you, like, where Moundsville gave me the creeps, uh, the it was like the difference between going into Rose Red versus The Shining. Like, this house, like, the Trans Allegheny Lunatic was like, Asylum was like, come on in. Everybody's welcome. Welcome to the show. And like the, the Mallonsville prison was more like, ah. like, why on earth do you want to come in here? Yeah. Like, it was, I would get that. Like, why do you want to be here? And that, you know. Where the Moundsville, I mean, they're both charged in shit, but I think the Moundsville energy is more re repressive, more repulsive. Definitely. Whereas, like, the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum is like, hey, you want to talk? Let's talk. We're looking, you know, <laughs> it's more welcoming. We'll say it's more welcoming. Although, I did get like, I got a massive headache in the lobotomy ward. Well, kind of goes, you know. Right. I don't get, like, it was like, I have a friend who has ice pick migraines. He says, you know, we'll watch him and he'll be like, he'll be fine. And then suddenly he'll be just like, mm. and that's because he has like an ice pick migraine and it lasts for a second. And like, I, it was literally like that. It was like, my head is like, I walked into the ward. Everything was fine for like 10 minutes and I'm just kind of like yeah I got the creeps in here but I'm not feeling anything big and then suddenly it was just like like a jab and it was it felt like a jab and it felt like it came but it wasn't like it was all in the frontal lobe well that's something to deal with later <laughs> um but the moment I walked off the ward the moment we had moved on from that ward I was like Okay, well, I feel better. 
Yeah, it does go away. I've had that in places where you'll experience different physical feelings and it's like, ugh. And when you I, leave, you know, it's, it leaves. Like, I think it's hard because sometimes I think spirits want to convey how they died. Like, that's something I've watched a lot of medium shows, not not the ghost hunter shows, but like the mediumship shows where they're like, I'm getting a sensation like this in my body, which means they died like that. And it's like they need to convey how they passed. And it makes sense because like one of the things you do with somebody who has had a traumatic event or even has something going on, one of the things you let them do is express those feelings. You sit there and let them tell you everything and you don't judge it. You you just see that this is how this person is feeling and you let them feel it. You let them express it. And I kind of wonder if it's not the same psychology. I'm sure it is. It makes sense. It does make sense. So that's... Yeah. Okay, we are... It's, it's time to cut this off. So it's been running the thank you Patreons for a minute now. Yeah. It's just waiting for me. It's been two and a half hours. It's been two hours and 15 minutes. Hey, but we kept everyone engaged and interested and that's cool. I definitely hope that you check out um, Tracy. I think her stuff is in the comments. TracyVan.com. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, you can find me at dottie the psychic.com. Um, next week is tea and coffee with Asen, and he will keep it down to an hour because he's watching the analytics. I can't help but be myself, and myself is apparently loud and long. We got a lot of things to talk about. I'm looking forward to another show with you, Dottie. Like, I want to read, I really want to do like. I really want to do a paranormal ethics video like as an investigation because if you go back through and watch my videos like there's always like some underlying thing like um, I like to bring out the costumes. I will totally go on a ghost hunt in a costume. 100%. I know I'll have to sit down and think about like a proper investigation and how we go through and like write like properly write something up. Well, we could probably, what I'm thinking about, you know, we'll do this off screen. Let's do this later. We're, let's save some of the magic. Okay. Let's save some of the magic. And cool. also, I think I'm tired and I'm out of wine. Yeah. Um, it's 10 o'clock, y'all. Love you. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> safe travel and much profit to you.